Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. I have a whole bunch of news, some pretty cool announcements, and this month's Patreon giveaway. So let's jump right in. First up, I wanted to announce that I'll be doing a meetup with My Life in Gaming at iFix Machine Arcade in Brooklyn, New York. One week from today, September 5th, we'll be there by about 7 p.m., and we're just going to be hanging out all night, playing video games, just having a great time. It's the same 10 bucks to get in that it always is. There's never any markups or any craziness like that. So if you're in the area, please come down and hang out, meet us, play all the games you want, and uh, just have a great time. So I'm looking forward to seeing as many people can make it. Next is something I missed from last week. I posted the article, but somehow I missed talking about it in the roundup. Somebody had refurbished an Atari 800XL from the ground up, and I really thought the blog post was very cool. And I also liked the methods that they used. They rebuilt a lot of stuff by hand. They had to deal with uh, damage from age or smashing. And they did things like uh, give it an alcohol isopropyl bath and let it dry in UV rays, which is something that I think is awesome, and a lot of people do the opposite. I've seen people talk about putting arcade boards in a dishwasher and then leaving them out in the sun to dry which makes me want to cry when I think of what damage could possibly have been done to that. So uh, if anybody's interested in that stuff, uh, the link is down below. And uh, thanks to Wendell for passing it on. I have both an update and a question for everybody. The update is that a while back, Furtech demoed the Neo Geo CD SD loader. And now there's been a Twitter post with an update on August 25th that shows uh, more progress and a menu that they're working on. So I wanted to talk about this because I think it's awesome and I'm obviously a fan of Furtex, but I also wanted to ask how everybody thinks I should handle updates like this. Should I do like I did here and just add an update to the existing post and then leave a note to talk about it in the roundup? Do smaller updates um, really require a new post like this? And I really just want to do what everybody else wants because I'm trying as hard as I can to build the website, to build the channel, and really just to, uh, to make sure that I keep doing what I've been doing, but do it in a way that I could make everybody happier. So, uh, Furtech, what do you think if you happen to be watching? And what does everybody else think? Um, like I said, I just want to do what everybody wants, and uh, especially with stuff like this because it's, it's something that I would enjoy and am enjoying talking about, but uh, I'm not really sure how people feel it should be handled. So please post down below. Crix has been hard at work posting updates to the version 2.0 firmware, now up to release candidate 7 at the time of re recording this. And it's got a bunch of different updates added, such as Famicom Disk System audio tweaks, uh, volume boost options, and MMC3 fixes. So as always, thanks to Crix for doing this, and thanks for releasing it as a free update. Really just uh, speaks to the support of the products. So thanks again, and anybody who has an N8, definitely update. This one's a little over my head, so I'm just going to state the facts that I know and let anybody who's interested figure it out because uh, I really don't want to just talk out of my ass and make stuff up here. Um, a hacker named Lightning Mods has just demonstrated a potential way to create custom firmware for downgrading or even just plain old custom firmware for PS4s using something called the syscon keys that, that were supposedly found. The more I read and researched this, the more I realized how little I know about any of these things. So once again, if you're interested in PS4 modding or in the progress of Lightning Mod's work, please check out the link. And uh, if anybody knows, it has a really good grasp of what it is that uh, they're talking about, maybe be kind enough to leave a post in the, or comment down below, and uh, I will pin it for everybody, because I was really interested in this, but it's definitely over my head and something that I need to do more research on before talking about. 
One way to play light gun games on flat screen TVs is now about to be available. Charlie Cole, the creator of the LCD Zapper Pro, which is now called the Light Gunverter, which is probably a better name for it, uh, has just released about 50 prototype units that will be uh, shipping relatively soon for testing. If these units test out okay and nobody reports any major issues, it'll go into mass production next year. And it's kind of an interesting setup. Um, it starts with the box itself, which has two network jacks in the front, which are, in my opinion, a really great way to make cheap adapter cables, because uh, it's not like you have to worry about RGB signal quality, you just need to get the signals back and forth. And on the back of the box is power, video in and out, and also C-Sync in, which is great for us RGB users, because then we would just have to find a way to break out C-Sync and send it to this box, and we're not stuck using composite video which means anybody with a bit of a creative setup, maybe your console's into a GSCART switch, one into the OSSC and the other one could output directly to this, um, now you could use a full 5X 1080p solution and still use the light guns. But the actual ways to play are two choices. Um, one of them is to, uh, is to use the original guns and then place a sensor in the front of the gun uh, and then mount the Wiimote to it. So while that seems neat, and I'm sure I'll probably play around with that at one point, I think the major way people are going to be playing is simply by using the Wiimote, adding one of those adapters, uh, and they make tons of different gun-style adapters for the Wiimote, and then just using one of the custom cables that plugs directly into the box. Um, this, I think, is going to be the easiest thing, because you can get some cool and comfortable gun adapters for the Wiimote, um, but also because this version would allow it to be compatible with a lot of different consoles. Um, I believe the consoles that are going to be supported right off the bat are Saturn, um, Nintendo, SMS, as well as PlayStation 1 and 2. Um, also, there's going to be new things coming out soon for different consoles, and it really just seems like a pretty neat way to, uh, to play the games. I'm looking forward to trying one myself, and I really have to do uh, some in-person testing with this because solutions like this, you really don't know how good they work until you try them yourself. But I spoke to Charlie last year. Uh, it was a great interview, although anybody that remembers correctly would remember that it was in about five, fra five frames per second because something happened with my computer that day. But anybody interested, I will link to the interview as well. And I'm excited to try this because light guns are one, of, in my opinion, light gun games are one of those things where the bigger TV you have, the better. So, yes, you can use an RGB projector, but that's gonna, or an RGB CRT projector, but that's a huge heavy thing and requires calibration and work. Um, you could just find a big-ass tube TV and use composite video. I'm also completely fine with that for light gun games, except now you have to lug a gigantic tube TV somewhere. So having a solution where you could just play on a big-ass flat screen and shoot some ducks or whatever else I think is awesome, and I'm really looking forward to giving it a try. Firebrand X just posted a video testing his SSD S3 audio amp bypass. This is a board that's based off of his Genesis line amp board, um, which I believe I talked about a few weeks ago, and can be installed directly onto the SSD S3 to prevent any of those weird audio issues. He's done a lot of testing, and it seems like this is going to be a cure for most, if not all, people. I try to never say all people because there's so many console revisions, board revisions, revisions of the SSD S3, but it's a safe bet that you're going to get either a perfect or near perfect uh, audio bypass if you install this onto your SSD S3. 
Um, you could order directly from him. Just make sure to specify that you want this version and not the Genesis version. Uh, I think there's just a few small differences that he makes when shipping. Um, and maybe this is a one step towards a, a perfect experience from the SSD S3. Hopefully there's been more work on the video board. Um, and although it's sad that you need to buy a product and then immediately rip out some chips and do two complete bypasses on it, at least huge fans of the PC Engine and TurboGrafx-16 would have this as an option now. Someone's currently working on a NES power module replacement. This is the RF module power board that's attached to the NES board that's kind of a secondary or daughter board to the whole thing. Um, I think this is a really interesting project because um, a few different versions are going to be available and one of the ones could potentially mean a no-cut mod for front-loading Nintendo consoles. And as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, that's a very big deal for me. Um, there's a few different versions being worked on, but the one I'm most interested in has a, a DIN socket right where the RF module hole would go, uh, which I think I still would need to test, but I think if you had an RGB cable with a long enough barrel, or if you just maybe trimmed some of the rubber on the bottom of it, should fit right through that without cutting the Nintendo at all. Um, then where the channel select switch is, you could put one of those uh, rotating switches. So uh, just like a mini spinner switch for the three different positions for the color palette. Then where the power jack is, it's still the power jack, but um, you could have an updated power circuit. And at the very least, even if it's an exact clone of the Ness's power circuit, having a brand new capacitor and a new 7805 voltage regulator could be a pretty big deal. Um, and then, of course, just leaving the uh, RCA jacks on the side for the typical look. Um, now, there's a few different versions of the board that include the Super Nintendo Multi-Out, um, could have it mounted on the back or the side, which choices are always good. I guarantee there's somebody uh, with a scenario right now where if they had the Multi-Out on the side, it would be a help to them. Um, there's one uh, mounting location in the back, so all you would have to cut is just the little tab of plastic between the RF hole um, and the channel switch. And there's a, uh, many ongoing things going with this one project. So I've contacted the developer, we've exchanged some emails, and I've expressed my great interest in doing a no-cut front-loader mod with this. So um, I'll keep everybody updated. At the moment, it's still a work in progress. Uh, there's still lots of different choices and, and ways to go about doing this. But overall, this is just a really great potential way to solve the cutting Nintendo problems when you're doing the NES RGB mod. I do realize that most people probably don't care, but out of the ones that don't care, I guarantee if you gave them a choice of cutting or not cutting, they would probably, and it's the same price, they, they'd probably just take the no-cut version as well. So uh, I'll keep everybody updated, and maybe I'll be able to do my own install on one of these and do a video of it. And speaking of the NES, there's a new side-scrolling game released called Nova the Squirrel. I played it for a few minutes, and I liked it. It seemed pretty cool. I really only had like five minutes to dedicate to it, so um, I can't really say other than that, but it kind of has the look of Super Mario Brothers, but the controls are fast and responsive, uh, and you kind of get to shoot a little bit like uh, Mega Man style, it feels like. So uh, if you're interested in NES games, check it out. It's free, but they're also doing a PayPal pay what you want download. So uh, I paid <laughs> I paid zero because I just wanted to test it, but if I ever go back and sit through and actually play it, uh, you could bet your ass I'm going to go and pay them something for it. Five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is. And I really like this model because 
I genuinely think a lot of people that play some of these ROM hacks would really love to be, give back to the developer in any way. So just having that PayPal donate button, I think is something that any of these software makers should do. And I, once again, think it's pretty amazing that they get to give it away for free for anybody that just wants to try it, or for somebody that maybe wouldn't really buy it anyway, and now you get a free NES game. So uh, thanks very much to the developers, and hopefully I'll get to do a full playthrough of this someday. A demo was just released for a fan-made remake of the Game Gear game Sonic Chaos. It's a PC demo only, and it looks really great. Uh, I kind of get the impression, maybe I'm wrong, and I certainly don't mean this in a bad way, but I kind of get the impression that the developers did this and only released the demo because maybe they're looking to sell the game to Sega. And I don't know from a, a standpoint of business standpoint or a legal standpoint if that's a good move or not, but uh, it sounds cool to me. Um, you know, I, I really loved the Sonic games. I even really liked Sonic CD, which I argue with Nick from HD Retrovision about all the time. Uh, and Sonic Chaos was a good game, but that Game Gear screen is awful. And I'm a fan of the Game Gear, so when I say it, trust me, it's awful. And while there are some great ways to play it on TVs, um, I think an HD remake would be incredible. Uh, I think especially because they did it in the spirit of Christian Whitehead, he uh, and his team were not involved at all, but they made their own um, retro engine for it, kind of like the one Christian did, but they did their own version. Um, and it just, it looks like a really awesome Sonic game. So who knows, maybe this will get picked up and maybe we'll be playing this on the Switch next year. Um, or maybe they'll get a cease and desist letter from Sega and, uh, you know, this was, who knows. But uh, I wish the developers the best, and I really hope this is a game that we all get to play on consoles, because I did really enjoy Sonic Chaos, and an HD remake I think would be great. Pre-orders are now open for the G-SCART Switch Lite. This is the brand new version that has all of the same features as before, but also includes support for Sync on Green, which is a huge deal for people using unmodded PS2s uh, that just want to use it with their RGB setup and not have to swap between component and RGB. It also has component video pass-through, which is another great feature for somebody who, say, has seven RGB consoles and one component console, and they don't want to deal with trying to feed it through. That's kind of the situation I have going on back here, which hopefully I'll be able to do a video for everybody soon on. Um, and there's going to be a few other features that he's working on, but, as well as a USB power port, micro USB, as opposed to the custom power adapters. So now you could just use any powered adapter, which there were reasons why he didn't do that in the past, but it makes sense to do it now. So I'm obviously a big fan of these, um, uh, not only because I, I've been using them forever, but because I've really tested the heck out of every different model that I've gotten, and I've, I've bought every one. Uh, so I, I can say from experience that they work great, I don't have any issues with them, and I'm really happy that the pre-orders are open so more people could get them. Uh, I believe it's Super G's goal to leave the pre-orders open perpetually and just have a rolling list. So, uh, you know, that way he just puts in orders every few months and, uh, and fulfills them as necessary and hopefully at some point was able to keep stock. I also got to meet him for the first time in person the other day. He was in the New York area with family on a family vacation, so as much as I really wanted to shove a mic in his face and do an interview, uh, he said we'll do that next time. So hopefully I could get out to visit him in a while. But it was so funny because, uh, you know, I've known him for years. I worked with him on distributing the switches for the 
3.4 version that was out a few years ago. And uh, there was just so much history between us, and we'd never even spoken before. So it was cool to meet him. He turned out to be awesome, which is always a little bit of a fear of mine. I'm always waiting for the day I meet somebody and they're terrible in person, but <laughs> not him. He was awesome. Uh, a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, cool family, and I'm really looking forward to doing an interview with him in person sometime uh, so I can introduce all of you to him as well. But if you're interested in the G-SCART Lite, definitely check out the link, buy one of these things, and enjoy the hell out of it. I just posted a video I shot with Wes from Second Opinion Games about different video games we beat this year. And it's completely different than most of my videos because we actually talk about games and not the hardware behind them or hacks or any of that other stuff. So uh, I realize that's not what this audience typically expects from me or even wants, but I kind of felt like doing it. So, um, you know, really, it's just however many views the video gets will dictate how many more of these I do in the future. So if you enjoyed it and you want to see more, watch it and share. If you could care less about my opinions about video games, I completely get it. No hard feelings, uh, and I will take the hint. So I guess we'll see in a few weeks how many views it gets, if people like it or not. But I had a lot, a lot of fun shooting it. Uh, it was the first time shooting a video in my new apartment, and I thought it was really... I liked it. So uh, if nothing else, uh, check it out and see how you felt about that. But I certainly would like to invite more people over and have in-person interviews as opposed to over Skype. Uh, but I hope you enjoy it. And more importantly than anything else, every game that you beat this year, grab your cell phone, take a screenshot of you know the last, the very last the thing in the game. I usually like to do the ones that has like time spent, you know, times died because that's not really a spoiler. Uh, and post that on any and all social media with the hashtag BeatIt2018. It's been really cool to see all the games people have been beating from old to new. And uh, I just, it was something that Renee started last year, or at the beginning of this year, for fun. And I didn't know it was going to catch on like this. And it's been pretty big. So uh, I enjoy seeing all the games people have beaten. And although I've had zero time these past few months to really play any myself, I hope to get back to it at some point. Streets of Rage 4 was just announced, and it's being made by the same team that did the Wonder Boy A Dragon's Trap remake last year. And that game turned out wonderful, so I have high expectations for this. My only complaint is they just dropped a trailer with zero information. Zero expected release date, zero price, zero you know, consoles it'll be available on. Um, they really did just play on our nostalgic heartstrings by dropping the video, but... Uh, it looks awesome. I'll definitely be looking forward to trying it. Uh, and, you know, I'd say click on the link down below if you want to see the trailer, but you've probably already seen it. <laughs> and there's no information at all about this other than the trailer. So uh, I wish they'd post a little bit more, but I'm still excited to see the game. Video Game Perfection is now selling a brand new 3DO RGB mod designed by Taiji Gamer. Pretty sure I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. Uh, but this is great news because there was only one RGB mod publicly available for the 3DO for a long time. Um, then it w there was actually one being sold by Dujan Dance, which uh, that, that kind of got lost through all the stuff I was doing. I really was hoping for an install video and an analysis of that, but maybe I'll get to it at some point. Um, but overall, it didn't look bad. It just uh, it wasn't perfect. Now we have a, a much, uh, at least the board certainly looks like a much cleaner solution. And of course, we have the one from Citrus 3000 PSI coming up at some point. So we finally have options as, uh, as 3DO lovers. So if you would like to purchase the board, you could just buy it directly from Video Game Perfection. And Matt's also offering installation services if you just would like to send your 3DO. 
Uh, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people that, are, that have been waiting for something like this. I know my buddy Beast just got a 3DO, so maybe this will be going into it. Um, but either way, love the options, and I love that people are showing more love to even the obscure consoles. Just remember that if you do this mod, you're going to want to do the 240p mod as well, because that is absolutely killer. Microsoft just announced the Xbox All Access plan, which is essentially financing an Xbox One S or X over two years. And I did the math, and I was kind of surprised at what I found, because I thought it was going to be some kind of scam or something, but basically it's 0% interest, um, and you spend either $35 a month for the Xbox One X, or $22 a month for the Xbox One S, and it includes the console, plus the entire two years of Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold. So in doing the math, if you were going to do this anyway, so let's say that you had already, you know, you were about to purchase an Xbox or, or you wanted to upgrade to the S or X. You already have both of those services. You had no intention of, of not buying those services. If you bought the Xbox One S outright and paid for those services over two years, it would be about $635. But if you finance it using this deal, it's $528. So you save about 100 bucks if you want the S version. Which I thought was really interesting. Um, and you know, I'm using low prices, low new prices for the consoles to calculate. So something that you could buy at Best Buy, GameStop, Amazon, the lowest ones there, not used. Um, the Xbox One X is within a few dollars bought outright versus financed. Uh, so you don't really save or lose anything doing it that way. But you know, it kind of brings up uh, different scenarios for different people. For me personally, um, I would not like to do this. I kind of freaked out when I lost my job last year and was luckily able to sell a bunch of stuff um, to just to make sure that I didn't have to worry about paying my bills. And if I was not only not able to sell the Xbox, but then locked into that agreement, I think it would have kind of pissed me off. Kind of like my iPhone. I did the Apple financing, and I'll never do it again for this exact reason. It was great. It came with Apple Care. Uh, it didn't save or lose any money, but I would have loved to have gotten 500 bucks for my phone and then just used my backup phone for a few months. Uh, and obviously, you don't have that option with financing. The other side, though, hey, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're young and need to build your credit. And a 0% interest loan for something that you might possibly be getting anyway is a great way to do it. Uh, but I'm not here to give financial advice. I just wanted to give my opinions and, uh, and just a different spin. Because while I saw a few different people talking about this, no one uh, in any of the blogs that I saw actually broke out the financing and showed the numbers. Um, and I kind of find this with a lot of blogs. They really just cut and paste what they find and move along. Whereas I do do that sometimes, but I always, I'm, uh, I'm totally honest about it. I just, I don't pretend like I'm re reinventing the wheel. But this time I really wanted to break out the numbers and see if this is a good or bad deal. And it really doesn't seem like a bad deal. So uh, check out the link down below, check the different numbers I ran. Um, and see if this is something you'd be interested in. You can only get the deal in store, so if you live near a Microsoft store, this one might be for you, uh, and I believe it's US only at the moment. I just came across the ZX Spectrum Next, which is a brand new console that uses a mix of old chips like the Z80, as well as an FPGA to output RGB and HDMI from this brand new ZX Spectrum. 
Now, I really don't know anything about the original console, and I only know about this from what I read on the website, but it seems really cool. It just, it seems like huge fans of the ZX Spectrum that built a brand new version of it that could be used on modern and old TVs and is compatible with most of the hardware and software. Um, I would certainly like to learn more about it, so maybe I could contact the developers and get an interview, or if any of you know, uh, you know detailed information about the ZX Spectrum, uh, maybe hit me up and um, I, I would just kind of love to learn about this because this project itself seemed pretty interesting. Um, thanks to my buddy Kirsten for sending this over, and hopefully the next time I talk about it I'll have a lot more good solid info and not just a bunch of I think and I guess. Now I have a question for all of you. What is a readily available way to replace the connector on the Nintendo front loader that's a solid and reliable solution? Over the years I've found many, many replacement adapters that were terrible. I mean terrible, terrible, like I probably should have just used the original one and never bothered with it. Um, I found one or two that were good, but there was always something. You know, one game glitched, a game genie didn't work, there was, there was something weird with it. And of course I know about the blinking light win, and I, I like it, I think it's very cool, I think it worked pretty much flawlessly. Um, but the question was asked to me for people that want to still push their cartridges down, uh, what is the good option available today? And there's a few do-it-yourself things you could try. Um, you could get lucky and stumble across stuff sometimes. But I was wondering if there was any one place, one store that had them. Heck, maybe it's Console 5. I don't really know, and that's why I wanted to talk to all of you guys. Uh, who has modded their NES front loaders with one of these where you could still push your cartridge down that has found a really good, high-quality connector or a surefire way to fix the original? I've done the boiling, the cleaning, the bending the pins. It's never a surefire way at all. So uh, if, any, if something like this exists, please post down below. And if not, uh, I'll keep my eyes and ears open, and hopefully we could have an alternative to the blinking light win. I'm not taking anything away from that project. Uh, I do like options, and some people just don't feel right not pushing their cartridge down, which is fair. Now on to the Patreon giveaway. But unfortunately, this might be the last one, unless we could figure something out. Um, this is not my decision, though. After the last giveaway, a few people contacted me and told me things like, it's illegal to do a raffle drawing in New York, um, and that it's against Patreon's terms of service to do giveaways. Uh, the second one, I think, is absolutely ridiculous, but uh, you know, maybe they're just being cautious because of state laws. The New York one is absolutely typical of all of the, the horrible corruption that always goes on in politics. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it started as a way to stop illegal gambling, but then whatever. Um, so I'm going to do at least one more, this one, and I, I'll, I'll talk to a few more people and see. Um, somebody told me some loopholes like offer a mail-in giveaway and uh, it won't technically just be a Patreon thing and it'll get me out of the raffle in New York. I don't know. I think I need to talk to my lawyer about it. Maybe I'll tweet the video game attorney and, and see what he thinks. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really want the Patreon, my Patreon account to get suspended because, um, you know, it's because of the amazing Patreon subscribers that some of this stuff is able to be done. So uh, here's kind of a fun and silly and weird one. I hope it's not the last. I hope we get to keep doing them. I hope I get to continue to do... Um, more of the mid-month giveaways just on the Patreon page. Somebody just offered me something yesterday that I was hoping to give away in a few weeks. Uh, so 
hopefully not the last, but uh, I'm doing the NES HD starter pack. <laughs> For comes with the Retron HD, which uh, obviously I have mixed feelings about, but uh, it's you know a great start. Comes with the the wonderful game Top Gun uh, with a manual, and it also comes with the controller in the box and a brand new Hyperkin Cadet controller. And I gotta say, um, as much as I had mixed feelings about the the, the console itself. I really like these controllers, and I've been using these over the stock ones, which I know is kind of blasphemous for retro gaming lovers, but um, I just think it works great. Uh, you know, the, the contoured sides here fit your hand really well, and it comes, you know, now you'll get two, the one that comes with this, and then, you know, the, the separate brand new in-box one. Um, this one uh, was slightly used for testing. The controllers, brand spanking new, and obviously Top Gun and the manual are, uh, you know, are used. Uh, you know, as with the other Hyperkin products, uh, this is good as a second one. It's as good as a spare. It's good for testing. Uh, I think the major feature for me for this, the reason that I would continue to use it, is the NTSC and PAL switch on the back. Uh, if you have games, especially if you're a collector, and you're getting games from all over the place, uh, and you want to test them, you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, rust or rot on the cartridges. Why not throw it in one of these and test it on this? If it works, great. If you need to clean the cartridge port or if it doesn't work, you don't have to worry about maybe a, a NES RGB modded console or a, a rare twin Famicom or something. But either way, uh, I think it's a, a neat giveaway and it's not the best one I've ever done, but, um, you know, I, I think it's good enough. So... Hopefully, you guys will agree as well. Anybody that's interested, please post in the Patreon page. Um, I will have, as soon as this podcast airs, I will have a page on the Patreon for it. And just type something like, I'm in, let's go, anything, something short. And everybody that posted will be entered into the drawing, which will be done next week. So, uh, once again, I really hope this isn't the last drawing. Um, I had a few very cool things coming up I was looking to give away. Um, I didn't just want to do that through Twitter. I really wanted this to, to be a Patreon-focused thing, just to show my appreciation for everybody that helps me. So, who knows? Uh, maybe I'll figure it out, and maybe next month I can give away one of the really crazy, awesome things I've been holding on to that I, I really wanted to make a big deal about. And if not, then I'll try to find some other way to get that to my amazing Patreon subscribers. Uh, but either way, uh, I think this is kind of a fun and neat little thing. The NES HD starter pack. Uh, and, you know, for the record, the controllers work with the original consoles too. So, uh, if nothing else, I promise you, you're going to like this thing. But anyway, drawing will be next week. And thank you, as always, to all the ama amazing Patreon subscribers. Well, that's it for this week. Please don't forget about the meetup next week. Uh, I really hope to see everybody that can make it there. I love doing these things. I always love meeting people. Um, I you know, especially love meeting people that I've talked to a lot over email or instant message or DM or something and never actually met face-to-face. -face. Uh, do me one favor, though, please. Um, if you introduce yourself, please remind me if you use a screen name or a different name. I'm always very embarrassed when I get five minutes into a conversation with somebody and then I'm like, oh, you're that person. Oh, oh I wish I'd known. Awesome. So <laughs> please uh, go easy on me with, the, with those. But uh, other than that, I'm really looking forward to it. It's always fun to, to meet up with everybody down there, and hopefully we can get another good turnout and see the whole RGB crew down there as well. So next Wednesday, 
Brooklyn, New York, iFix Machine Arcade around 7 p.m. with myself and Mark and Corey from My Life in Gaming. I hope to see everybody there, and I'll see you next week.